Welcome again to another teaching. My name is Jocelyn Hill. Thank you so much for joining us. Like I said in the last video that we shall be beginning from the ground, setting the foundation until we are fully formed into Christ. Last time we saw what sin is and what happened to sin. So today I want us to look at what salvation is. I want us to make it very clear what salvation is, how it happens, and can it be lost. So welcome, kindly subscribe, and remember the communication channels are open on Facebook and Messenger. Thank you. So Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for your word, which you know is true. We thank you that this word is being formed in us. We thank you that it shall bear fruit. We thank you that we are born of this word, we are sustained by this word, and we are defined by this word. So we open our hearts ready to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So what is salvation? There are so many opinions, there are so many understandings, there are so many teachings on what salvation is, but I want us to look at it clearly today in a way that we may never forget and in a way that we will see our security in it. I want us to look at salvation first as a new birth, second as a marriage between you or us and Christ, and finally as a new creation. If we understand this, we will never lose direction as far as salvation is concerned. Now when it comes to the birth, let me take you back to the book of John, John chapter 3. If you remember very well this conversation that was between Jesus and Nicodemus. And there is something very powerful that Jesus reveals to Nicodemus that we need to learn from. He says, in John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Then he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now there will be, I'll, I'll do a more clear teaching on verse 6 to set apart between the flesh and the spirit but for now I want us to look at salvation so Jesus is telling us about being born again being born of water and being born of the spirit most times we understand that being born of water means baptism but that is not true this was just um, a symbolic that Jesus used to mean being born of a woman salvation is only for mankind Salvation is not for fallen spirits. Salvation is not for the devil. Salvation is not for the angels. Salvation is for those who are born of the woman. Those who are born of a womb where they lived in water. So Jesus says, unless you are born of water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying, unless you are a human being, and then you get to be born again into the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So now here we understand salvation as a new birth. Amen. So how does this birth happen? We'll go back to the birth of Jesus because the birth of Jesus was, was as a blueprint of our births also because all sons of God are born the same way. And this one I'll just take us through. You remember the birth of Jesus. So the, the message comes to Jesus through an angel Gabriel. Remember the book of Luke chapter 1, chapter 2. So an angel Gabriel comes and gives the good news to Mary. Mary here is a virgin. She has never seen a man. And the good news is the Spirit of God will come upon you and you shall conceive a son. This child shall be holy. And then he's also told his name and his purpose. He shall be called Jesus and he shall save his people from sin. 
So in the fullness of the time, the Spirit comes upon Mary. Mary conceives Jesus. Jesus is born just like any other child, yet he is born under the law and raised under the law. We see all these customs, all these happenings taking place until Jesus is manifested in the flesh, even though God. Now, I want you to notice something special. The birth of Jesus, the seed that sired him is God, is the Spirit. In John 6, 63, Jesus tells us, it is the Spirit who gives life. The word that I'm speaking to you, their spirit and their life. So Jesus was born of the word. Jesus was born of the seed of God. The seed that cannot be corrupted. The seed that is blameless. The seed that is perfect and holy. Now let me show you what Peter tells us as well about Jesus being born. Uh, about even us being born of the seed. I want us to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Very important scripture here. So now, first of all, we understand that Jesus was born being sired by God, by the seed of God. So if Jesus was born sired by the seed of God and he is the firstborn of the sons of God, then it means all the other sons of God will be born the same way, will be born by the same seed that sired Jesus. And which is this seed? This seed is the word of God. When we are born into the flesh, we are born by the seeds of our fathers. That is the seed of men, what we call the sperm. Now when we get to be born again, we are born of the seed of God. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, sorry, he says, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So what does it mean to be born again? To be born again means to be born of the spirit. You already are existing in the flesh. You're already born in the nature and in the will of your mother and your father. To be born again, now it is to be born in the spirit and in the will of God. Let me show you something else in the book of John. John chapter 1, where he separates between the will of the parents and the will of the father. He says, in John 1, he says, let me just begin from 12. He says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believed in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So the first time you were born, the first time you existed on this earth, you were born of the seed of your father, the will of your parents, they came together and they gave birth to you. It was not even your will, it was not, you, you had nothing to do, it. you were just born. Now the second birth is where you get to be born by God, by the word of God. And this one also is his will. So the same pattern, you remember, the gospel was preached to Mary. Mary believed. Upon believing, the seed was formed in her womb. Mary had to believe for the seed to be formed. If Mary hadn't believed, it wouldn't have happened because that birth, the, the, the conception, the, 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 how do I put it, the, the, the connection or the, you know, like how the two become one is through faith, it's through believing. So when Mary believed, the rest just happened. Now, how do we get born again now us? We get born again by hearing the gospel. Just as Mary had the good news from angel Gabriel, believed and conceived a son in her, 
when we hear the gospel, the gospel, the true gospel, not noise, not condemnation, but the gospel that is preached by the Spirit who gives life, when we hear this and we believe, what we've heard, we combined with our belief, then the Bible says in, in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 that God seals us with the Spirit. So when you believe the gospel, God responds by giving you faith. Let me show you. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, it says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth. Listen to this. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. What did you do? You trusted. Why did you trust? After you received the news, after you received the gospel. The only way people can be saved is if we preach them this good news, is if we tell them what Jesus did, if, it, if, it's if we give them the message of reconciliation. That's why in the Gospels, the last mandate that Jesus gave before he ascended is, go into all the world, preach the Gospel, give the good news to every creation. Because the only power that can save man is the Gospel. The only way people will turn their hearts to God is if we tell them what God did for them. I tell you the truth, there is no man who will believe in God when you tell them you are a sinner, you are a failure, you'll go to hell, you will lose this and that. That is condemnation. Condemnation kills. The more you tell people they'll go to hell, the more they'll be celebrating telling you even in hell there are celebrities there, there are all kind of people will have fun. Even if it is fear, they'll be afraid for a few days, but they'll go back to their, to their normal ways. But if we tell people of the goodness of the Lord, it will cause them to repent. The word of God is very clear that it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. When we tell people there was a man called Jesus who bore your sin, and this Jesus is God and is the mediator between you and him, and by faith in him you will receive eternal life, men will believe. Let me tell you, Men have all kinds of problems. There is death, there is sin, there is, you know, when I say death, I mean the death of the flesh. So when you come to tell them now about sin and keep on pinning on that, on those problems that they have, you're not helping. Men need a solution. The solution is Jesus Christ. So when we preach Christ, men believe. Men believe in his finished works. You know, people, people are like, you mean Jesus bore my sin? You mean Jesus paid the debt? You mean by faith in Jesus I shall be saved? Yes. If you remember the thief on the cross, this man lived his life the worst that we can ever see, that the Roman government saw it fit for him just to be crucified. But on the cross, at his last moment, this man heard the words of Jesus and believed. And Jesus said it very clear, tonight you shall be with me in paradise. So that man was saved. Why? By faith. By faith. The only thing we need to be saved is to believe in the finished work. And by the way, faith is a gift of God. When you believe, when you combine your belief with the gospel, God responds by sealing you with his Holy Spirit. The faith is fruit of the Spirit. So now that is the first part. That is the first understanding of salvation. To be born again. To be born again. This time, not of the corruptible seed, but the incorruptible seed, which is the word of God. This time, not according to the will of any man or any woman, but the will of God. Now, if let me, let me say this. 
naturally even if it is the will of your mother to give birth to you the moment you leave her womb you can never go back can you there is no single day we've had a breaking news that there was a child who get, got out of the mother's womb and slid back. Maybe the mother didn't like how that child looks. Maybe it was deformed. Maybe this and this happened. No. When a child comes out of the mother's womb, that's it. It never goes back. The same way you are born out of the will of God. You came out of the loins of Christ. You came out of the loins of God. There is no way you will go back to his womb. When God gives birth to you, he has. God does not make mistake. God does not repent. God does not sit down and realize, I did a mistake in giving birth to that person. Let me take him back to my womb. No. Once you are born, you are born. You are a son of God. You can never go back to the womb. Now, let us look at salvation in our second aspect in terms of a marriage between Christ and the church. Now, let me take you to the book of Ephesians again. Ephesians chapter 5, where Paul is talking about marriage and he compares the marriage of a man and a woman to the relationship that Christ has with the church. Like I said in the previous video that the, the relationship that Adam had with Eve was a picture of the relationship that Christ has with the church. Remember, Adam was put to sleep and a rib was gotten out of him. From it, from it Eve was made. So Eve was born and flesh of Adam. Outside Adam, Eve did not exist. Amen? So they were born of his bone, flesh of his flesh. They were one. You could not see Eve outside of Adam, but Adam could be independent. So the same way, we are the bride of Christ. Let's see what this scripture says. It says in Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 22, let's just read a few and see. Wives, submit your own husbands as to the Lord. So when, when Paul is writing to the married of the world, he compares it to Christ. Actually, the reason why he writes is to bring the picture of the marriage that is between Christ and the bride. For the husband is the head of the wife, and also Christ is the head of the church and is the savior of the body. So, courtesy of us being married to Christ by faith, he is the head, we are the body. I will ask you a question as you go on. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be their own, let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So, like Adam was put to sleep and Eve was gotten out of him, the same way on the cross. You remember when that soldier pierced the side of Jesus and water came out? That was a picture of the gushing, the Holy Spirit would come and seal brides for Christ. And we saw it on Pentecost. When they were praying, when they were gathered at upper room, the Holy Spirit came as in a gushing wind and there were tongues of fire on their heads and they were speaking mysteries because they had received the spirit of sonship, because they had received the spirit of being one with the Lord. So to be born again is oneness. To be, to be born again is one understanding of being saved. Now to be the bride of Christ is another aspect of seeing our relationship with Christ. So we are one with him. We are joined with him. We came out of his flesh. We came out of his bone. We are part of him. He is the head. We are the body. Now I have a question for you. Can you cut yourself? Can you dis dismember yourself? 
if Jesus is the head and we are the body, do you think Jesus will dismember himself? Because if we are the body, it means that we are his, we are his feet, we are his hands, we are his everything that is remaining. We are his eyes on earth. Would Jesus dismember himself? No. So when you understand that our relationship with God is, a, is like that of a husband and a wife, one born, one flesh joined together, then you, sh- you have to know that there is nothing that can ever put you asunder. Remember, it is the same God who hates divorce. God prefers that two become one. God prefers that two become one and continue being one. The same God has married you to Christ. In Romans chapter 7, Paul explains how he has betrothed us to Christ, not to the law, but to Christ. Because the law who was meant to be the first husband is now dead. So when the law died, we remember how we said it died on Jesus' body. We have become free to be married to Christ. Right now, every human on this earth is very free and eligible to be married to Christ only by faith. Any man, whether you are aware what you have done, you are very clean and eligible to be married to Christ because you have been redeemed. Okay, so it says here, let, let us read a little bit and see that, you know, in 26 it says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing water of the heart. Even here we are learning the responsibility of the husband or the responsibility of the groom to the bride. It is his responsibility to wash us with the word. Jesus did not just marry us and leave, leave us there. He's constantly washing us with his word so that our minds can be renewed to be perfect as his, to be conscious of him, to be conscious of his righteousness, to be conscious of his identity. You know, he says that he may present her to, him, to, to, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or winkle or any such thing, but she should be holy and without blemish. When we believe the gospel, we became sons of God. We, be, we took the nature of Christ. Christ. Christ became in us. You know, Christ dwelt in us. So as he is, we are. We are as righteous, as perfect, as holy as Christ is. In fact, Christ himself is our righteousness. He's our redemption. He's our sanctification and our wisdom. Now, it is the soul that remains. It is, it is the soul that remains to be renewed. So it is washed by the word so that we can manifest our spiritual identity into the natural body so that we can manifest it to the world. So it is Christ's responsibility to wash us with the word. How does he do this? Through his Holy Spirit. As we study the word, as we st- spend time in the word of God, our minds are being renewed. We are being washed from any, any, obst- any what does it say here? Any spot, any wrinkle, any blemish. And by the time Christ appears in glory, we shall be as perfect as he is completely perfect even this flesh will be glorified that is a story for another day so now it is important for us to understand that our relationship with Christ is deep it is intimate as a husband is to the wife there is nothing that will ever dismember this relationship there is nothing that will ever put us asunder just like he said a man leaves his father and is joined with his wife and they become one that's what jesus did jesus left the father he came down here and chose is himself a bride he gave his life down to have us as him and now we are part of him we are the body of christ we are his member 
and there is nothing that can ever happen for us to be dismembered. Let me show you something else in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. See how we are joined to the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19 it says, 1 Corinthians, let's begin from verse 17, it says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. How are we joined to the Lord? We are joined to the Lord by faith. Like I said before, when we receive the gospel, when we believe, we become joined to the Lord in the spirit. So we are one with him. There is nothing, there is no one that can dismember this spirit. You cannot divide it. It is one. It is one spirit. We are in him. Then he says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? So when we became one with God, God dwelt in us. We are one with Christ. Christ in us, we in him. One thing you cannot separate. One man, he is the head, we are the body. He is the husband, we are the bride. Nothing, nothing can ever set us asunder. Let us look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 8. So that I can tell you for sure that there is nothing that can ever put us asunder. Because we are one with Christ. We are so one that Paul writes to us saying, for Romans chapter 8 from verse 38, I love this scripture. It says, For I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. You have been born again of the seed that is incorruptible. You have become a son of God. You have been betrothed to Christ by the hearing of the gospel, by the faith. You have been betrothed to Christ. He is your groom. You are his bride. Now let us look at the third way of understanding salvation. Now, if you remember in our previous teaching, we said that the last Adam, the Jesus that hung on the cross was the last Adam. And in him, all mankind died. Now, when all mankind died, it means every mankind now, every person now is free and blameless and in the presence of God with the, with the tree of life before them for them to choose. This tree is the gospel we preach for them to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. You remember that? So when the gospel is preached, when the gospel is preached, those who died in Christ, in the last Adam, they are resurrected. Let me show you something Jesus says in John. John chapter 5 verse 25. There is something powerful that Jesus said here. Maybe we did not understand and we thought it as, as the rapture. You know, there is a time that Jesus said in John chapter 11, when Jesus went to resurrect Lazarus. I remember Martha was telling him, I know my brother will rise again in the day of resurrection. Then Jesus responded, what did he say? He did not say there is a time of resurrection that is coming. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in him will live even though they die. So Jesus is the resurrection. What did Jesus mean when he said he is the resurrection? Let's look at John chapter 5, verse 25. Jesus says, most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Amen? That's a powerful scripture there. Then he says, the time is coming when people will hear the sound. What is the sound of the Son of God? It is the gospel. That's why we preach Christ. 
In John, he says, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. When we preach Christ, when we tell men of what Christ has done, when we turn men from their focus to focus on Christ, we are resurrecting men. The men who had died in Adam, now they are receiving life and coming to life. They are coming again as new creation. They are not coming in the nature of Adam. They are coming in the nature of the life-giving spirit. In First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 15, I want you to see something very important in these scriptures. He says, First Corinthians chapter 15, very wonderful scripture. It says, in, in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 45, let's start, let's start from 44. It says, it's, it's talking about the body. It says, it is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body. There is a spiritual body. When mankind died in Jesus, they died, you know, that natural death. Now, when they hear the gospel, they are resurrected with a spiritual body. That's why Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So when we preach the gospel, men become resurrected. Men become alive in the spirit. So he continues to say, as it is written, the first man, Adam, become a living soul. The last man, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. So when you come to life, you have passed from a living soul, just a mere living soul who is breathing, waiting for his day to die and be buried in a coffin and forgotten. You become a life-giving spirit. A life-giving spirit is a person with eternal life that even though a time comes that you will sleep and be buried, you shall resurrect again because you are away from the body and in the presence with the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is where it becomes as a new creation. The, the old creation was the, the Adam kind of a person, the person that was just a living soul, the person that had the knowledge of good and evil, the person that had to live under the law, had to be given the law to know how to go and where not to go. But now when you become born again, you have passed from death to life, from darkness to light. In Colossians 1.16 it says you are translated from darkness, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. You, you, you basically pass from death to life. You pass from, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You become a new creation. You become a living soul. You pass from just a living soul to a life-giving spirit. You become as Christ is. You become aware of yourself as a son of God of God. You become alive. That is what it means to be a new creation. Let's look in first second Corinthians chapter five what it says about the new creation. It says what five, second Corinthians chapter five from verse seventeen it says therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold all things have become new. Just like you are an old creation only living after the flesh, now you have been born again into a spiritual being. So the past is old. The new is who you are in Christ. Amen? You have been born again. You have been created anew. You are now complete and perfect in Christ. Even though Adam was a living soul and breathing, Adam wasn't complete. Adam wasn't perfect because God's definition of perfect is a man in Christ, a man that can live eternally. Amen? Now, by faith in Jesus Christ, you become perfect. You become as Christ. That's why it is written, Adam was only a typology of who was to come, who is Jesus. So to be a new creation is to be resurrected from death to life from flesh to spirit it is passing on 
into the glory of God, into the realm of, glo- of God. Just like it is written, when men fell, they became shortage, short of the glory of God. To be born again now means you become fully now into the glory of God. To be a new creation means to be made anew into the glory of God. Remember it is a new creation, not an improvement of the former, not a, a correction of bits here and bits there, a new creation born in the perfect image, express image of God, born in the will of God, born of the incorruptible word of God. Once God gives birth to you, once God forms you anew, there is nothing that can ever change that. Once you are a new creation, you are a new creation. And by the way, the new creation is indestructible. That's why we are born of the incorruptible. Not dead, nothing can destroy the new creation. The new creation is as God is. If you want to destroy the new creation, you have to start by destroying God, which is impossible. We are in Him. Let me show you something again in Ephesians chapter 2 as we wrap up this teaching. It talks about us who are now in Christ. Paul says, you know, I love this scripture. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 from verse 4 he says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, like I said before, all mankind was dead. We were dead in the law. We were dead in the body of Jesus. Then he says, you made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what happens when we preach the gospel, men who are dead outside of Christ, men who are dead in sin, they become alive. They become alive in Christ and they get to sit with him in the heavenly places. That is what it means to be created anew. That is what it means to be resurrected. That is what it means to come to life, to be born again, to be as Christ is. Amen. So it is by grace that we are saved. It is not of works. It is not of, of, our, of anything that we did good. It is hearing the gospel and believing it. And God seals you. It is God who saves us. It is God who gives birth to us. It is God who reconciles us to himself. All this thing, it is God who does it. There is nothing we can do to change this work of God. You have no power, you have no authority to loosen yourself from the, from the love of God, from the union with God. There is nothing, there is no one that can ever separate the union that is between you and God spiritually. You are joined with the Lord one. Nothing will ever change that. You have been born again of the incorruptible seed. Nothing will ever change that. You have been born of the will of God. You came from his loins. At maturity, you are manifested as a spiritual being. Nothing will ever change that. There is nothing you'll ever do to change the love of God for you. There is nothing you'll ever do that you'd wake up one day and Jesus tells you, you are no longer saved, you are no longer mine. The day Jesus saved you, he meant it, and it is a, it is a done deal. You are born of God, you belong to God. You are born by faith, you are born as a gift of grace. There is nothing that can change it. You need to renew your mind and see yourself as a son of God. Remember the story of the prodigal son. Let me just mention it for a while. So the prodigal son took his share of inheritance. He went and squandered it. What happened when he came? Did the father reject him? Did the father kick him out? No. In fact, the father even didn't wait to hear his, his speech of, of, you know, take me back. The father ordered for a party 
and he said, you know what, let us rejoice. He was dead, now he's alive. He was lost, now he's found. Even though he had, this is actually a perfect picture of a believer, even though born of the spirit, still living after the flesh. You live after the flesh, you live after the flesh, and you, get a, you, you may never get to, to bear fruit for the Lord. But then, that does not mean that he'll lose you. Salvation is a gift on its own that it, and it is yours. When it comes to the works that you do as a result of your salvation, there's a totally new reward for that. There's a reward for that. But salvation is basic. Salvation is a gift. You may lose rewards for having walked out of the flesh and doing nothing for the Lord down here, but you will never lose your salvation. We will see this more when we study about the rewards. You are born of God, you belong to God. I need you to rest in this assurance. I need you to rest in the knowledge that it is God who chose you. In John chapter 15 verse 16, Jesus said, you did not choose me, I chose you and I ordained you. He says again in so many parts of the gospel that no one can know the son unless the father draws him. He says again in John chapter five that we, we are held in his hand and no one can snatch us out of his hand. No one can snatch you out of the Father's hand. No one. You belong to the Father. He is holding you tight and he will hold you eternally. Because it is duty, it is his pleasure, it is his will to hold you. It is his will to keep you from stumbling. When you see people say, this person used to be born again, now they have backslidden, they no longer do this and that, that is a lie. They were never born again in the first place. We must know this. Because God is not a liar. God has said no one can snatch you out of his hands. Yet John tells us these people went out from us because they were never of ours. You know, times and seasons and happenings do actually happen to be cutting through the wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goats. We'll see this also in details in another teaching. So when you see things happening and people are falling away from faith, it is because they were never there before. There is nothing like backsliding. How do you backslide? Can a baby backslide back to the womb that gave birth to it? But you want to backslide to God's womb. It is impossible. Can God seal you and then come to a point and say, you know, I did a mistake. Let me unseal him. No. The seal of God is eternal. It is your guarantee for redemption. Nothing and no one can change it. There is no single day God will wake up and say, you know, I'm tired of loving this person. He's not even reaching my standard. We have already been told nothing will ever separate us from the love of God. The day you believe the gospel and receive the Holy Spirit is the day you became a new creation. Is the day you got born again. Is the day you became the bride of Christ. And that is eternal. It says in John 3, 16, that whoever believes receives eternal life. Eternal life is what it is. Eternal, everlasting, no end. You get to live with the Lord forever and ever. There is no single day that this life will lose. When you hear people say, oh, I went to hell and I saw a believer there, that is a lie. You are in Christ. Christ has no relationship with darkness whatsoever. You belong to God. Rest in the knowledge that, you know what, it is Jesus who saved me. It is God who drew me to himself. I am held in God's hand. It is the love of Christ that is putting me together with God. It is not about what I did or didn't do. It is all about what Jesus did. Jesus did a perfect job. Jesus pleased the Father completely. That's why he says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 that without faith it is impossible to please him. Without faith. He didn't say without works. He didn't say without what and what. Without faith. So when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have pleased God eternally. 
you have placed God eternally and it's God's responsibility to make sure that you are glorified that you are that the the the, the process is over until you see him face to face I want you to know tonight that there is nothing that will ever take your eternal life away from you there is nothing that will ever separate you from God not the works of the flesh you know probably you are struggling with condemnation oh i did this abortion i did this this masturbation oh i i am committing adultery oh i lied oh my god i'm drinking i'm partying this one will make me go to hell this one will make me not make to heaven that is a lie all you are lacking is the knowledge of truth all you are lacking is the knowledge of the finished works it was jesus who saved you It was Jesus who saved you. You did not save yourself. You did not bring yourself to God actually. It is God who drew you to himself. And your salvation is eternal. Your sonship is eternal. If you are wallowing in the works of the flesh like masturbation and everything, it only shows that you are lacking knowledge of your identity. The day you shall know yourself as being in Christ, you will not manifest those things. Remember these things are those you got from the knowledge of good and evil. The, no, the the root the tree that Adam partook that Jesus has already uprooted they should not trouble you if you renew your mind your gift of salvation is eternal rest rest in the fact that Jesus did all the work and all you have to do is believe and rest Jesus loves you Jesus is got you like nobody's got you Jesus is with you until the end eternity there's no even end you belong to him there is no demon there is no satan there is no angel principally that can ever can ever snatch you from god nothing there is no tribulation there is no there is no happening there is no even your mistake that can ever separate you from the love of god which is in christ by being in christ you have fulfilled you have well pleased the lord and you are secure eternally thank you for listening to this teaching kindly again remember to subscribe to the channel and all the lines of communication are available my number is down there the facebook account accounts are there feel free to write to me on messenger and ask your questions like i said these teachings we begin them from the very ground so that we can walk up in the finished works now we know what sin is now we know what salvation see you in the next teaching god bless you